0: Welcome to this conversation brought to you by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer, and today I'll be speaking with one of my oldest friends in the photography industry, Julia Woods. Hello, Julia.
1: Hey, Jed. How's it going? (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) Now,
0: in my notes, I have that we should banter a little bit about how we know each other.
1: Oh, goodness. <laughs> How do we know each other? Quite well, actually.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you we, we really are one of my oldest friends in the industry. That's not a lie.
1: Yes, yes. I do think that you were the um, mysterious husband of Vicky for a while. I believe that right? we met Vicky before we met you.
0: Well, that's that's usually the case. <laughs> by, by I design. think we met
1: Vicky at an Illinois state convention.
0: Right, that would make sense. You know, I met Jeff in an Illinois. Your husband Jeffrey, I met at an Illinois convention. He was the first person I knew that had a MacBook.
1: That would be that would not be surprising about my husband. No, yeah,
0: he was. <laughs> I, I, no one had one, and he had one, and I was enthralled with both the computer and your man. At the time, <laughs> so yeah, we've had, we have a long, uh, a, a very long, colorful history up and down as we used to be direct competitors.
1: Yes. In this, yes, in it this. was very good for stretching and growing our friendship and learning about ourselves <laughs> and how we uh, <laughs> can make up a lot of stuff. Oh my goodness!
0: <laughs> I it's funny. I talked to somebody yesterday. Um, about us moving back to Morton. He's a photographer here and they're not, you know, the photographers aren't very happy that Vicki Toffer is coming back to Morton, Illinois.
1: Sure. Sure.
0: And I said, I get that. And I said, but I tell you what, we, when we were, you know, high flying, we had the woods there in Washington, Illinois, 10 miles away. Yes. And I said, I, and there were times where I lost plenty of sleep about what the woods were doing and how it was going, et cetera, et cetera. I said, but I think, I and I said, I think if you even asked them this, they would say the same thing, that in hindsight, we, we helped each other's game.
1: We, Definitely. We
0: raised the bar.
1: Definitely. Right? Yes, it was um, competition. Good competition is your best ally, I believe, when you let it, push you rather than make you lose sleep. (laughs) But sometimes losing sleep is what pushes you.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I think that was my experience with it anyway. Yeah. So that, that, that's kind of happening right now. Again, people aren't very happy. So I thought about you guys right away, actually. Yeah. When it comes to that.
1: It did seem like our enemy at times, but in hindsight, I think it was our best ally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I tell you what, you had a very interesting topic. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> um, when I asked you what you wanted to talk about, you said uh you could talk about when your spouse resents your business yes is that is that accurate?
1: That is true <laughs> um
0: can you just just for a second expand on that just briefly?
1: Yes. You know, we come into this marriage relationship and think that this mo- this person is the most important person in our life and always will be. And yet then we get this passion that comes up and we begin to do it and we begin to make money and we begin to, you know, people are crying because they're looking at our photographs and it, it does something to you on the side that becomes a new passion. And then you have children and they become a new passion. And all of a sudden you're in a marriage where the one who you're most passionate about isn't the most exciting part of your world every day. Oh, (laughs) now that's
0: really interesting. (laughs) I did not expect it to take that turn.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, is that reality for you, Jed? This is (laughs) not me, but is it reality for you?
0: Okay. Well, go on. So you're, so this is really in a sense about competing passions, right?
1: That is what I experienced. Uh, You know, photography became something that fed a part of me that had never been fed before. I began to get my ego stroked. I began to find value and worth in something that I created in a way I'd never experienced before. I began to find a way of uh, creating revenue streams that I'd never experienced. And it was super exciting. And my clients were very ready to give me a pat on the back all the time. Mm-hmm. And while marriage started off that way, it doesn't, it isn't reality that it's that way all the time. And while the business isn't either, it still is more consistent. It cries louder. And, um, can it definitely create some resentment in our marriage and some challenges that we got to face.
0: Now, would you say resentment in your marriage? Is that, um, essentially one way, or are you saying like, it's a two-way street?
1: Oh, it was a two-way street mm-hmm. and it still is. I mean, I just, it was funny. You and I talked last week or a week ago, a couple of weeks ago about doing this conversation and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after the The conversation about doing the conversation, I'm noticing a look from Jeff that's like, oh boy, there's that look I haven't seen for a while because my laptop was attached to me still at 11 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, it never goes away. It's a consistent, it's a consistent opportunity when you own your own business and um, you have a marriage, you know, you're married. so." So do
0: you think the resentment flared up? as a result of this, or do you think that you became more cognizant of it because of this in particular, when you just say the last couple of weeks. Conversation. Yeah.
1: No, I think, um, I don't think it flared up because of this conversation. Mm -hmm. I think that the same thing, the same pattern that was, that was happening years ago when it began came up. Now I had a huge opportunity oh. in my company that mm-hmm. I have now and it got my creative juices flowing mm-hmm. and I was passionate about it and I was mm-hmm. driven and I was just going for it. And all of a sudden my husband looks at me and I'm like, Ooh, oops, maybe it's spilling over a little too much into he and I's time.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I can empathize with him. I'm very used yes. to seeing my lovely wife on the computer. doing this, that, or the other, how, how does that resentment manifest itself besides a look?
1: Yeah. So interesting. You had, you asked a question earlier that I'd like to expound on you ask, is it one way, is it Mm -hmm. one sided or two sided? Mm -hmm. And, you know, ultimately I look at marriage as a mirror. It's the greatest mirror we will ever have in our life to reflect ourselves and how we show up and how we impact people. And I think um, our children are the second best mirror that we've ever been given. And our business is the third. Hmm. And so I definitely know the resentment was on both sides because my, there were times where Jeff was mirroring to me, my work addiction that I didn't know I had. And there were times that my business was mirroring to me that They, I wasn't showing up in my marriage the way I needed to show up. And so it was a bouncing back and forth of resenting him, resenting the business, resenting myself. Hmm. And it was a spiraling situation. And of course, I think the same thing was going on for Jeff on the other side.
0: So, so what do you do? I mean, you have to recognize that first, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. It took us a long time to recognize that. I think that, um, it's. We just accepted it as normal, and that was our biggest error, is we hung out with people just like us, (laughs) who are good friends in the industry. Um, (laughs) so we just hung out with people like us that were just as passionate about their businesses and their businesses were thriving and it allowed us to feel normal and decide within the internal conversation within our own mind that there really wasn't a discussion to have. It was just normal. And so a lot was going on that wasn't being talked about Mm -hmm. and wound up getting way further, uh, creating a way bigger wall between us than we had any idea was actually there.
0: So was there a moment or a series of moments that you can think about or recall that kind of snapped you out of that normalized behavior that in reality was destructive?
1: Yes, there was definitely a significant event for me. Um, Several significant events, but one significant event was in September 2009. And I say, I explained that event as when I came to the end of myself. And I had been raised in a situation where I learned to cope and be happy with whatever my circumstances were. So I was pretty asleep and I had no idea I was asleep. I was just pludging along, putting a smile on my face every day, thinking life is grand. And then Jeff actually began to deal with depression and it was actually creating a level of unengagement in the business because we were business partners. Mm-hmm. Um, but the business started out, us together, but Jeff was working a full-time job to make ends meet. So the business relied mostly on me. And so, and I'm an extremely driven person. And as we've been married 26 years now, we learn even more that I'm more driven than Jeff is. (laughs) And no bad. It's just, I have a pretty high drive. And I didn't realize that that wasn't quite like everyone else. But yeah. anyway, so my drive drove me to work a lot of hours in the business. Jeff was working outside of the home. So a lot of it began falling on me.
0: Well, because you, before that, you guys had worked together, essentially side by side for many years too. Like, so you were- well, This wor- is
1: very, this is in the very beginning of the business when it all started for the first time. We had never worked together. We were married three years when we started our business. Right, right, right. And so the business rested more on my shoulders. And then um, it took us 10 years to get the business profitable enough for Mm -hmm. Jeff to come into the business full time. Okay. And so once he came into the business full time, it Kind of was more my baby than his. while he was very passionate about it, I'd been carrying it for ten years. You know, mm-hmm. he would photograph with me on the nights and weekends, mm-hmm. but the day-to-day operations and how it worked and making money relied on me. Right. And so we didn't realize that dysfunction started right there, mm-hmm. where when Jeff had been working in the business part-time and I was working full-time plus, when he left his part-time job and came into the business full-time, we never, increased his roles. So he got to carry a portion of the business while most of it rested on me. And then all of a sudden he came up with these amazing dreams of what we could accomplish with the business and both of us went into high gear and we began accomplishing those and the business went to levels we never thought was possible and within 3 years we had reached every dream he had come up with which was to be on the cover of industry magazines, to be traveling around the world photographing, to be speaking, you know, and here we were all and to have this dream studio Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: in 2005 that became our reality Mm -hmm. and all seemed wonderful (laughs) except (laughs) slowly Jeff started becoming unengaged in the business and I was getting more and more passionate about it working longer hours and um, we both got pretty hurt in the fact that an employee started their own business just down the street. Oh, and it yeah. devastated both of us because we thought she was, it was like family to us. And so it, Jeff and I's painful reaction was I dove more into the business and he stepped out further, I or re, you know, kind of right. um, pulled back further. Mm-hmm. And so by 2007, it became pretty evident that he was slipping into a depression. Hmm. And so towards the end of that year, or actually it was the beginning of 2009, we had a career coach come in because we thought maybe he just is, needs to deal with something and start a new career maybe. So the career coach did three sessions with us. And at the end of the third session, she said, okay, I think I'm done here. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> nothing's changed. <laughs> and- she said, well, Julia, you need to read Codependent No More. Oh! oh. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I was just hero support. <laughs> this was not about me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. You know, Jeff gets to slip out of the meetings like all's grand and here. I'm told to read a book. And so (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I was never the problem. What are you talking about? Obviously. (laughs) So that mirror thing, you know, yeah, Yeah. she was letting me look in the mirror and I didn't like it. So it took me a year to read that book, but it blew my mind as I saw how codependent Jeff and I's relationship was. Mm. And, um, after that, I read the f- another book, which was called Captivating. And it basically, um, again, blew my mind because it made me, it began to burst that bubble, that bubble I would learned to accept whatever was, put a smile on my face. I began for the first time in Jeff and I's business uh, relationship to realize I was really unhappy and I was actually miserable. And for the first time, I started realizing, wait a minute, I'm waking up not excited about my day dreading another day. Mm -hmm. And so that brought me to September 2009, where we were in our dream home, we were making more money than we'd ever made in our life. I was being asked to be the president of the PPA industry. And I have everything I'm supposed to have to be happy. And I'm realizing I am quite miserable. And so I decide that the first the best choice I have is to go stand in my front yard and start yelling at God. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and I just decided he was to blame and I needed to let him have it. Mm. And so in reality, it was the most honest I'd ever gotten with God in my life. And I told him that his deal sucked. <laughs> I didn't like the life uh-huh. he'd given me. And so hold on, let that-
0: me, let me, let me, let me interrupt you for a second. Cause I'm curious yeah. about something. So you're, you're saying that you're miserable at this point, but you're mm-hmm. also saying that you had surpassed all your goals. You had everything you wanted. you were in this dream situation, dream house. I know you're, I know your kiddos. They're fantastic. So what, what was it that God in your mind at that point did wrong?
1: So, um, what I came to learn after I had no idea what was wrong at that point. What I came to learn after is I believed that I needed to earn love. And so I was earning love the best I knew how in my relationship with Jeff. And it seemed to be Mm -hmm. working, but then it stopped working. And I was earning love the best I knew how in my business. But every accolade, every achievement met, raised the bar higher. Mm -hmm. And I needed to earn more, but I didn't have any bandwidth left to earn more. Mm -hmm. I couldn't produce more results. I was working 80 hours a week, homeschooling my kids, Mm -hmm. traveling around the world, (laughs) managing a staff of six employees. Mm. I was at the end of Julia. There was no more of me to offer. And I knew that it wasn't working. For the first time in my life, I realized my approach was running me straight into a brick wall. Mm. And I was just in my early 40s and was like, I'm ready to... There's no more life to live, and mm-hmm. I've still got a lot more life to to live. Mm-hmm. And so something's got to drastically change. And I didn't know how. I didn't know what that was. And so that brought me to that conversation with God. well, and then what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's I'm kind of on the edge of my seat here, honestly.
1: <laughs> so I began yelling at him and telling him that, you know i was absolutely miserable and didn't know where to turn and normally i would turned to him but he didn't seem to be doing a lot for mm. me and i'd given him you know i received everything i thought he came to offer me which was uh keeping me out of addictions from drugs and alcohol and mm-hmm. all those things and i'd never done those things so i thought i had everything he came to offer me and right. in that moment I experienced something I've never experienced in my life and he spoke so clearly in my heart and said Julia I came to save you from you oh, what? Oh. <laughs> and I began to realize I was my own worst enemy uh-huh. what I believed about how who I was how I received value and worth hmm. what life was calling me to who other people were and whether I could count on them You know, I believed in the heart of hearts. It's taken me a lot of years to learn this, but in my heart of hearts, I believed everyone was out to get me and I was alone in life. Mm -hmm. And that's what ran me into a brick wall. My, My business and my marriage were just mirroring to me my own internal confusion and my own internal misery. And so the daily conflicts in my marriage, the daily conflicts of not having enough time to get everything done in my business, it was an internal struggle, not an external struggle.
0: And so this was kind of all brought about um, regarding the topic of our conversation um, from resentment. Yes. So resentment led to this.
1: Yes, it was a gradual buildup of resentment, resentment towards myself, Mm -hmm. which was the biggest problem. Mm -hmm. And that turned into resentment towards my husband because I it was way easier to blame him and look at him as the problem Mm -hmm. than it was to look at myself. And it was easier to blame the business that if, you know, if clients were easier or staff would show up more, or my competitors weren't Mm -hmm. so difficult to deal with, (laughs) then. Yeah. If my competitors weren't like, you know, you and I have talked about this before. Is like, we think the same thing. We have similar thought patterns. And so yeah. I was sure you guys were like videotaping my dreams, <laughs> <laughs> Videotaping I, Japanese. I was.
0: Pop- I, was. <laughs> I was. I was videotaping your dreams.
1: <laughs> you, it seemed like everything we started to do, you guys would start to do and we, <laughs> thought for sure Uh, that someone had leaked, but found out later. No, we just think very similarly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who's the mole? I fired like 17 people over the course of three years because I thought they were I thought they were leaking secrets.
1: Yes. I'm like who is talking to Jen (laughs) Mickey? Right.
0: Right. It's interesting though. I I hear that so I hear you saying that you were in a situation where you were constantly pointing fingers essentially at your husband, at your business, at, at even at God at some point Mm -hmm. and 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 missing the big piece is that is that fair to say yes yeah so what after that realization where do you go from there
1: yeah um it brought me to start getting to know myself it brought me to let go of everything I thought was true about who I was about who people were about how life worked for me, Mm. and I began to question and get curious in a way I'd never gotten curious before. And I started taking time for myself. I actually, that moment, that September 2009, that day changed everything for me from the standpoint I realized in that moment I was a workaholic and began to develop a relationship with God that I never knew was possible, which filled me in a way that my business had never been able to fill me and my work, my relationship with Jeff had never been able to fill me. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I didn't need the business to fill me the way I had. Mm-hmm. I didn't need that addictive relationship anymore. So and work so was began. your drug. What'd you say? Work was Work your was drug. my God. Yes.
0: Or your drug. I meant from an addictive standpoint. Yeah. When you said you'd never yeah. done drugs, you'd never done I alcohol. I was very
1: addicted to the thrill of mm-hmm. client's approval mm-hmm. and the thrill of money. Mm-hmm. And accolades, and it was an it was an addiction that just kept growing because every new accolade, every m- bigger sale, yeah, ne- I needed the next bigger sale. I yep. needed the next bigger accolade. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get smaller. Nope. by itself,
1: it was out of control, and I couldn't. There wasn't enough of me to get the next level anymore.
0: So, th- so then, what did you do? So you come to the realization, <laughs> like you know it. It's in your God. heart. It's in your mind. What what yep. what does the action at that point look like?
1: So the action began for me. It was pretty funny because I didn't know. You know, I learned the value of our heart in a huge way that day. You know, God didn't speak in the sky. He didn't. It's not like it was a voice like you. It was in my heart. For the first time, my heart experienced a connection with God, and that began to grow and. I, I, that day I said, okay, I, um, <laughs> this won't surprise you, but I said, okay, <laughs> I'll let you be in the driver's seat of my life on one condition. <laughs> And I said, I have to know your voice. Mm. If you're going to tell me where to go, if you're going to tell me what to do, I have to know how to know what you're telling me. Mm. And so in that moment, the idea came into my mind, which I'd always thought people were so lucky that could hear God speak to them because I never knew how that was. But I began to learn that it was I had made up a lot about what it was and found out it wasn't that at all. Like he used my brain and my mind and my thought patterns and to start communicating to me. And so. Uh, the idea came to my mind that I was supposed to ask him to be the first thing on my mind the next morning when I woke up. And so I said, Okay, that's easy. So I did. I said, All right, will you be the first thing on my mind when I wake up the next morning? And so there he was the next morning when I wake up, first thing on my mind. And mm-hmm. my to-do list had always been the first thing on my mind, my <laughs> mind prior to that. I literally slept with the to-do list next to my bed. Oh <laughs> my goodness. And first thing in the morning, what am I supposed to do today? Mm-hmm. And now this day God's right there on my mind mm. and I said, okay now what and he said ask me how you want to how I want to spend time with you mm. and it blew my mind because I knew I was supposed to spend time with him but I didn't know he wanted to spend time with me mm. and so the idea came into my mind it was in September I saw myself sitting outside writing sentences of praise to him mm. and again Jed this won't surprise you because you know my bratty personality <laughs> I got really mad and I said God, why are you so arrogant? <laughs> nice, nice. Why do I have to tell you how yeah. great you are? Can you not mm. see what a mess my life is in? <laughs> and, but I remembered the day before I'd let him be in charge. So I said, okay, fine. I'll go outside and I'll do this. And yeah. so each morning that began to continue. And each morning he began to slowly melt my heart of stone. And I began to no longer need the drug of work. I began to start for the first, you know, people would say, Julia, like you work so hard, you need to take care of yourself. And Mm -hmm. I thought that meant I was supposed to go to the spa, or I was supposed (laughs) to, you know, go do stuff like that. And that just wasn't in my personality. But all of a sudden, I started hiking. And I started plant gardening. And I started cooking in a new way. And all of a sudden, I started finding things that brought my heart alive, Mm -hmm. that I never knew, I never had the time to consider or think about it mm. because I was working so many hours. Mm-hmm. And so the more I began to find place for that quiet space inside of me and began to feed it by doing things that I loved and letting my heart lead me and ideas started becoming and long story short, uh, some things really came to a head and we realized that Jeff needed to leave the business that without us really thinking much about it, it had been, it started out dominantly weddings. As years progressed, it was becoming dominantly portraits and weddings was Jeff and I's thing together. Portraits was my thing. Mm -hmm. So Jeff had really lost interest in it. Mm -hmm. And so Jeff left the business. And in that season, um, through my hiking, I began to realize or be invited into a season of rest and just what that looked like. There's a long story behind that, that I won't go into, but basically I began to, to craft my personal life first and then build my business to mm. fit that or mm. to allow that to happen I where like I'd that. always done it the opposite. Yeah. I built the business first and thought the personal life would be there, sure. but it wasn't, it was suffocated by the business. Mm-hmm. And so that began to change so much because I, figured out what I wanted my life to look like at home. Mm-hmm. And then that left me 24 hours to work. And what I was able to do in 24 hours blew my mind. And I had no idea how much I was working before that didn't have to be done. I was doing things that didn't have to be done, Right. but I couldn't see that because it was my drug.
0: So the 24 hours in a week.
1: 24 hours in a week. Right. Yes. Because
0: mm-hmm. at first I thought you meant 24 hours in a day.
1: Nope. Nope. Uh, that's almost how many hours I used to work. I know, but... I was going to say,
0: well, how many hours did you have in your day before?
1: <laughs> no, I went from working a 70, 70 to 80 mm-hmm. hour work week to a 24 hour work week.
0: Yeah, yes. And And, and accomplishing just as much.
1: Accomplished just as much. My salary didn't decrease at all. It actually increased mm-hmm. and I was blown away at the results. I loved my job 10 times more than I ever had before. My clients were 10 times happier and my marriage began really coming to a place of healing that we didn't even know it was needed.
0: So is, is it fair to say the work smarter, not harder applies to a degree?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, I was traveling around the country teaching workshops on how to put your family first and how to do what you love. And I thought I'd written the book on that. Right. But what I learned was no, I'd written the kindergarten edition. <laughs> right. And there was a whole lot of collegiate levels that I'm still learning Right. and love it. So,
0: and so that, that kind of brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk to you about. You, you have a company, Beautiful Outcome, right? Beautifuloutcome.com. Yes. And and just talk about that for a second.
1: Yes. So the change that Jeff and I went through, uh, the resentment had built up in our marriage to a level that each of us were completely clueless of mm-hmm. and actually wound up, we almost lost our marriage in the midst of it mm-hmm. and uh, began to... Look for resources and find continued um, resources that would help us learn more about who we were and how we were getting in our own way and mm-hmm. all of those things. And so as those resources began to come up, it began to continue to transform who we were as people, who we were as spouses, as parents, as business owners, and I couldn't believe it. I began to feel like I had found the cure to cancer, like (sighs) all the internal stuff that I'd never known how to be with or never known how to address began to be very clear as to how to address it. Mm. And I began to I had worked my whole life up until that point in 2009 to control everything in my world. To find out that the only thing I needed control was me, mm. and learning how to have self-control, learning how to build character, all those things began to change my life, and I've never been happier. Mm. And continue to grow in happiness and make a bigger impact. And so I began to uh, des- desire to stand with other creative entrepreneurs and couples and individuals to experience the same thing, and. That's a whole nother story. I had no idea how that would wind up happening, but it became very clear to me in the midst of loving my photography business, it being more profitable than it ever been in its existence and me being happier in it, it became evident I needed to sell the business and, um, wound up moving to California and beginning my coaching business. And,
0: and so that's what, that's what you do now.
1: That's what I do now. Yes, I still do photography um, a little bit, but mm-hmm. my main company is coaching.
0: And that's beautiful outcome. Beautifuloutcome.com. And you have a piece of that, or it's a class called yes. Unlocking Your Unstoppable.
1: Unlocking Your Unstoppable. Yes, um, there are so many people that are being impacted, and individually, I can't reach everyone. So this course has become a really powerful way for people to begin to get the tools and be in a group environment of coaching where we can work together as a group to produce the results. And so that is Unlock Your Unstoppable. And it's a course that really builds character and it's changing marriages, it's changing businesses, and ultimately because the individual themselves is transforming and getting to know themselves and building character and finding out
0: who they are. And so how would you say things look now in general? Cause I know you, you mentioned that, you know, what, a couple of weeks ago, you're, you're getting those looks. So it's not like, oh, you, you, you do this, that, and the other thing. And then everything is roses all of a sudden. No. Right? What, what's different now when, when that happens?
1: So what's different now is the space in between the space in between is the conversation I'm having. I'm in a conversation in my marriage. I'm in a conversation with my business Mm -hmm. and those conversations weren't free and open. They weren't happening. They weren't, uh, I didn't know how to be in them. So I was just ignoring them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, after Jeff gave me that look (laughs) the next morning I woke up and that look was on my heart and I'm like, okay, there's a conversation that needs to be had. And Mm so I just embraced the conversation and, and I they so said, "Honey, I experienced this and what was coming up for you." And we had a really powerful conversation. And it led to another conversation that was really about our marriage and how, you know, where we were at with each other. And so again, it's just a mirror. Now I know that, yes, that laptop being on my lap at eleven o'clock at night wasn't isn't always the best choice. But in that moment, I knew that's what life was calling me to. And yet it created a conflict or what I actually recognize now is an opportunity. Conflict is an opportunity and your marriage and your business, your children constantly offer you conflict or opportunities to be in that conversation. Mm -hmm. And so once we got into the conversation, it drew us closer together. And Jeff totally appreciated that what I had gotten done at 11 o'clock at night and understood that's right where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, we connected through it. So
0: So I'll just ask for a friend here as we come to a close. If someone found themselves in a position similar to the one that you've been describing um, and and what you're saying is resonating with them, what would be your advice for them?
1: Breathe. (laughs) Just take a breath and look at what you're blaming. Just get really clear about who you're blaming. And ask yourself, if you were actually the one responsible for what's happening. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, what how, how much is on you? Could right. you take? Mm-hmm. right? What could you take responsibility for? Mm-hmm. And, you know, ultimately, I think the relationship we have with ourselves sets the foundation for every other relationship we have. And so when there's resentment in a marriage, I get to look at me because it's coming out of me it's the foundation i have with myself that's creating that disconnect mm-hmm. and while it's easy to blame the business as why that's happening it was just as easy a few years earlier to blame my kids as why that was happening mm-hmm. and if the business never would have come along it could have it would have been whatever else i was working to earn love through sure
0: i really appreciate everything that you have said <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I'll have to talk to my friend because this is really resonating with this friend of mine. <laughs> and this friend of mine can really relate. He's He's got a lot of this stuff on his mind, so I'll be having a conversation with him later.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe in my
0: front yard talking to the sky, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, we're given a lifetime to know ourselves. Oh. And the more we know ourselves and grow in the character and the stamina of our own personal strength, the more powerful our life becomes. Mm. Mm. And we become a gift, and that's who each of us is meant to be and created to be.
0: Well, I really appreciate your time and these these words. Um, thank you for taking the time to spend with me doing this.
1: Yes, absolutely. Anytime. And, uh, thank you for inviting this conversation. That's very common in our world.
0: Very, very good. I I will speak to you again very soon. Thanks, Julia. Yes. thanks. Say say hi to your husband and beautiful kitties too.
1: You as well. (laughs) All right. All right.